Hi everyone, welcome to Lit with a Twist, a podcast that pairs literature and libation. Whatever the prose and poetry, there is a drink to go with it. This is the first episode, which actually was first recorded as a video. So the first several of our podcast episodes will actually be audio from the video. We have done careful editing and making sure that the podcast is optimized for audio. So this is the very first of the podcast series of Lit with a Twist, and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Luminaries by Eleanor Catton, published by Little Brown and Company, October 2013. Ahem. Oy. It is 1866, and young Walter Moody has come to make his fortune upon the New Zealand gold fields. On the stormy night of his arrival, he stumbles across a tense gathering of twelve local men who have met in secret to discuss a series of unexplained events. A wealthy man has vanished. A prostitute has tried to end her life, and an enormous fortune has been discovered in the home of a luckless drunk. Moody is soon drawn into the mystery, a network of fates and fortunes that is as complex and exquisitely ornate as the night sky. Richly evoking a mid-19th century world of shipping, banking, and gold rush boom and bust, The Luminaries is a brilliantly constructed, fiendishly clever ghost story, and a gripping page-turner. Stretch out my arm a little bit there. So the luminaries, I wouldn't necessarily call it a page turner. And I actually think it is a little misleading to call it a ghost story as well. Don't worry, no spoilers. But I will completely agree with the one word in the synopsis is the luminaries is indeed a brilliant book. The story as it was described sounds pretty simple. However, each chapter, you almost feel like you're eavesdropping into each character, uh, usually one or two at the most, and you find out who they are, their backstory, how they're involved in this mystery, and what really drives them, what motivates them. And it's, it's intense. Um, I admit I may have had a pen and paper handy while I was reading through this. But all of that leads to the climax, which is the court scene. So the court scene, court scenes in books usually take hundred plus pages. Sometimes a whole book is devoted to a court scene. Because of all the backstory that Ms. Catton put into the luminaries, the court scene probably only took one or two pages. It was, it was pretty awesome. I do have to really applaud that. So in all, it was really, really well constructed. And again, plot driven was really impressive. But it's not just about the court scene. So the luminaries were what traditional astrologers called two astrological planets, which were the brightest and most important objects in the heavens, AKA the sun and the moon. Luminary means source of light. The sun and moon being the most abundant sources of light to the inhabitants of earth known as the luminaries. With the clear caveat, yes, we know that the moon doesn't actually produce light, the sun does, but this is astrology. Just wanted to point that out. So the book, The Luminaries, is structured according to really strict astrological principles. Each of the primary characters is aligned with a star or planetary body, so to speak. At the beginning of the book, there's a character chart that lays this out for you. 
there's a lot of characters, so I'm just going to warn you in advance on that one. So each of the novel's 12 parts opens with an astrological chart illustrating the influences on some of these characters. Individual chapters have titles such as Mercury and Capricorn or Saturn and Libra. So all of that indicates the influences and relationships that will be featured in the chapter to come. The astrological scheme also controls the novel's chronology. The Luminaries is divided into 12 dated parts, spaced at almost monthly intervals. We begin, stay with me here, We're, we got each other. So we begin on January 27, 1866. But in part four, dated April 27, 1866, we go back to the events of a year earlier. And the remaining eight parts replay the events of 1865 moving phase by phase through the pattern of the Zodiac. I'm just going to tell you, the 1865 flashback parts are, they were one of my favorite parts in the book because you really find out what happens to the prostitute, and it's really cool. So, as you read, the chapters also decrease in length. It's not an accident. The decreasing lengths mimic the waning moon, so each part being half the length of the one before it. So does the cover make more sense now? Waning moon, pretty awesome. Speaking of math, because there's more of it, in the court case, the value of the gold is exactly 4,096 pounds. 4,096 is two to the power of 12. There again, 12 chapters. So as each of the chapter has in length, it also gives the impression that the story is advancing more quickly. To that, I thank you, Miss Catton. So the luminaries, this book, may have taken up almost a semi-permanent resident as a piece of furniture in my apartment until I was able to finish it. It totals to about 848 pages, and these are not light pages, my dear readers. This book takes stamina, patience, and usually some accompanied alcoholic beverages. So the luminaries can not only serve as a fantastic novel for you to read and enjoy and debate among others, actually this would be a great book club book because there's so much else going on here, but um, it can be a part of your nightstand, a door stopper, and you know you can find other uses for it, I am sure. But above all, it is a fantastic read. So what should you drink when reading the luminaries? For this book, I paired it with a cocktail called The Corpse Reviver. So The Corpse Reviver was created in 1871, which was only a handful of years after the book took place, being very fitting. The primary ingredients also are brandy and more brandy. And in New Zealand during that time, they mainly only drank brandy and rum. They did not drink beer or wine until many years later. And there is also, I said before, that's not really a ghost story, but there is a really big spiritual element throughout the book. There even is a seance scene that's pretty neat. So The Corpse Reviver, I thought, was a very fitting name as well. And it actually has a very great description. So the story of The Corpse Reviver is that of a drink taken before 11 a.m. or whenever steam and energy are needed, according to the Savoy cocktail book, Harry Craddock, 1930. That might be a little early for some people, but to each their own, no judgment. So the Corpse Reviver, you will need one and a half ounce brandy, three quarters ounce Calvados, three quarters ounce sweet vermouth, pour into a cocktail shaker with ice, stir well, 
don't shake, stir well, strain into a chilled cocktail glass and enjoy. So on your trek through the tome, that is the luminaries, make sure you bring along this cocktail recipe and you may want to double it. You know, it's a long book. Thank you so much, everyone. My name is Rachel Yeomans, Lit with a Twist. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Lit with a Twist. My name is Rachel Yeomans. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Rachel Yeomans. That is Y-E-O-M-A-N-S. Yes, Yeoman of the Guard for you history buffs. Editing courtesy of Hypothetical. Intro, Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod. Outro, Rollin' at Five, also courtesy of Kevin McLeod, both available at incompetech.com. That is I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Check out more at litwithatwist.com. We are also hosted on SoundCloud. That is soundcloud.com slash litwithatwist. That is where we are hosted. Thank you for listening. Pour yourself a drink. Have a great night.